SumaUp is next-gen body optimization from an actual doctor that's guaranteed to get you in the best shape of your life in 90 days. You'll be at peak levels for each of the fundamentals that drive your strength, energy, and even your longevity. It's a lifelong difference you'll see in the mirror, but also feel throughout your entire day. SumaUp puts more living in life. For full details on this transformative program designed for the demanding lives of today's highest achieving entrepreneurs and CEOs, visit www.startsuma.com. What exactly is rapamycin? So rapamycin is a medication that we've used in clinical medicine for some time, and it's basically known as an immunosuppressant. Uh, we use it uh, classically in transplant patients because it seems to reduce T cell activation and proliferation, right? And so if you have transplanted another organ, you want to suppress the um, recipient's immune system so that their, uh, their immune system won't attack the donor organ, right? And um, oftentimes we'll see this drug used in kidney transplants, right? Now, what's interesting about this drug is in addition to its immunosuppressant effects, it uh, seems to suppress proliferation of many other cells. And it does so by acting on a special type of protein kinase. Maybe you guys have heard about this, the mammalian target of rapamycin, mTOR. And this is a really complicated uh, protein that's involved in a lot of different cellular processes but what's interesting in terms of the anti-aging realm is that mTOR uh, is really important in the conversion of quiescence to senescence. So I'm gonna take a step back because some of these terms might be a little bit unusual, but what is quiescence and senescence? So if you guys remember from, I guess, high school biology, if you remember like the cell cycle where you had like mitosis and you had uh, where that was the process of a cell um, splitting up, right? You have the G0 phase where uh, cells uh, basically um, fully formed, but not really undergoing much growth. Then goes to G1 where you do get some uh, actin growth and then the S phase where you get DNA repl uh, replication, G2 or further cell growth. And of course the M phase with mitosis where the cell actually splits. And then it has a decision tree to either go into quiescence, right? Where it just stay stagnant for a while and fully operational or just repeat the uh, cell cycle again and re replicate, right? Now, there is another pathway uh, called senescence, right? And what senescence is, is that's a pathway where um, a patient that, or a cell that is in, that's quiescent, that's fully functional and working, uh, moves, into, moves into cellular growth without replication, which is bad because this is actually one of the mechanisms we feel is behind aging. When a cell, when that process, the, and we call this process gero conversion, gero, you know, referring to the elderly conversion, selling is changing a cell from a quiescent state, which is healthy and functional to senescent where it's not so functional. And a senescent cells that have DNA damage, as you can see here, they have accumulation of something called lipofushion which is uh, a pigment that uh, seems to proliferate in lysosomes, decreasing their activity, um, cell cycle arrest, um, lots of oxidative stress within the mitochondria. And so this is not something we want. And so by virtue of this, by virtue of rapamycin inhibiting mTOR, 
you get decreased gero conversion. So de decreased um, conversion of a quiescent cell, a normal cell that's just not replicating to a senescent cell, an elderly cell, right? And so that's, a, again, the, the science is much more complicated than that, but that's like a very basic overview of, of what it does, right? So, and again, um, the main aspect of what mTOR really controls is protein translation, uh, it, um, autophagy, where basically the cell can, you know, um, incorporate other aspects of other cells. And it, by um, inhibiting mTOR, specifically one uh, portion of mTOR, mTORC, this seems to lead to extended lifespan, delay in aging, and, and this is what seems to be a block with certain types of dosing rapamycin. Now, rapamycin does have certain side effects, uh, and we'll talk about those in a little bit, and that seems to be with prolonged dosing at higher concentrations, and that's usually due to its uh, inhibition of the other type of mTOR, mTORC2. We'll talk about those side effects in just a little bit. So again, just to, just to recap, it's a medication, right? It is used clinically as an immunosuppressant at higher doses, but what's interesting is um, at small and lower doses and dosed uh, more infrequently, it seems to slow geroconversion, right? And that's why it's so exciting. So is there actually evidence or is this all theoretical that this actually works? Well, there is, there is. So there have been multiple studies that have looked at um, how it reduces uh, tumor size, extends lifespan for individuals. For example, this study looked at how it reduced the frequency of, um, or the frequency of growth or the potential growth of, in transplanted tumors in mice here. And it seems to, seems to decrease growth against leukemias that were in these uh, particular mice. This particular article right here looks at how it extends the lifespan of fruit flies, right? Which is kind of interesting. And this uh, article right here looked at how it seemed to decrease cognitive deficits um, that, that paralleled some of the deficits you'd see in, um, uh, in Alzheimer's disease in, in children, I'm sorry, in, uh, in mice, right? And so, uh, it, there is some suggestion that, you know, when you apply these animal studies to, to humans, this, this could be very, very interesting. And then currently we use it, um, it's uh, approved, of course, uh, for use in renal transplants and a, and a uh, complicated sounding uh, syndrome called lymph angioleomyomatosis, which is basically uh, proliferation of the smooth muscle in, in uh, the lungs abnormally, and it can cause cysts and bleeding within your lungs. And so, uh, it of course works quite well for, for those reasons. Okay. Um, as I mentioned, at higher doses, uh, we have to be worried about mTORC2 inhibition because that seems to cause a lot of the side effects associated with uh, um, rapamycin. So for anti-aging purposes, it seems that once weekly dose in three to six milligrams is appropriate. And you want to go on for three months, off for about a month. And as a, and in terms of the side effects, well, at high doses, and again, this is what unfortunately what some of the renal transplant patients uh, have to encounter, 
immunosuppression, obviously, because it blocks T cell proliferation, so more predisposed to getting viruses and bacterial infections, uh, swelling in their peripheries, just to just to edema, lots of GI side effects. Um, they tend to have issues in terms of platelet formation. Uh, also, there's an increased risk of skin carcinomas. Basal cell carcinoma is pretty, pretty common. Um, as I mentioned, because due to immunosuppression, infection is pretty common. HSV is a concern, as well as apparently sepsis. And then finally, it seems to adversely affect, affect the lipid panel, hyperlipidemia and hypertranslipidemia. And remember, the, this, the dose that we typically do for renal transplant patients is two to five milligrams daily, right? Now, at anti-aging doses, three to six milligrams once weekly for three months and then one month off, the effects are pretty minimal. Um, the, the main concern that we've seen, particularly my colleagues that utilize this pretty frequently, is um, mucositis. And uh, that is basically like, like ulcerations in your mouth. And that's mainly because the, uh, the cells within, within your oral mucosa tend to divide pretty uh, quickly and adding a rapamycin can, can lead to some cellular breakdown. But generally it's self-limited. And so if you take uh, a week or two off rapamycin, uh, it goes away. And, and to, to be honest, most of the time that they noticed um, side effects like that were with higher doses. They had a few, uh, few patients who, uh, one, one of my colleagues actually treated a patient with, uh, uh, I think it was 12 milligrams once weekly, and that's when that particular patient had mucositis. But uh, at three to six milligrams once weekly, the side effect profile is, is very, very low. So here's a question for you, Dr. Ryan. Uh, do you think it's going to be part of that trial kit, that trial group? Because we had Epitalon, Dehexa, um, and, you know, MOTS, right? And, uh, you know, and well, we so were that's, considering... That's, that's a good question. Uh, I think the main, issue, the main issue is going to be availability. Uh, so I, I'll have to talk to the pharmacy, JD. I, I remember when I spoke to the pharmacy that we work with, there was a concern about availability for rapamycin. Right, right. Um, and so it really just just depend if it's uh, if we can uh, distribute it through them. Um, it's, as you can understand, since it's used a lot for transplant patients, it's sometimes hard to uh, script off label. And so source it. Say, okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess we'll kind of uh, be on on touch with that. But I think if I heard this correctly, Doctor Ryan, we have to like yeah. microdose it, right? And, yeah. Uh, if we were to work with it and uh, well, all the studies are very com confirmatory. There are kind of challenges with it, right? 